and ride with me in my foul life. Have you guys noticed on the, um, I don't know if it's me or if it's this region or if I'm on drugs, but the corn seems way taller here than anywhere I've ever seen in my life. Have you noticed that? It is very high, very healthy. I've never seen corn this high. Have you ever been outside of New York? Yeah. Have you ever seen corn this tall? Like when you drive around here, I've never, like it literally is eight. Are you being for real? Yeah, I'm being for real. I've never seen corn this tall. We flew the drone over corn today and I was driving by it and I was like, that's the tallest corn ever. And every cornfield's the exact same. Well, it's it's crazy you say that because this has been a terrible year for corn too. Oh, I can't imagine a good year. In this neck of the woods, but uh, it's mostly chop for silage to feed dairy cows so maybe it's a taller variety i I don't know but i i every time i've been to the midwest or the corn's always off you know so i've never seen standing corn there to compare it to but yeah uh 12 feet sometimes it'll get i mean very 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 tall two two big ears on it but they chopped the whole plant to feed a cow so maybe that's got something to do with it yeah you know i don't know there's so i've seen different. a lot of corn i don't think i've ever seen corn i don't know well I, sweet corn is substantially shorter shorter yeah 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 now some of our corn gets very very tall is this is this part is it always been heavy corn growth in here there's a lot of corn this year that's i mean 20 25 years ago it was all mom and pop shops right so the landscape looked completely different than it does now. Now it's big corporate dairy sort of things. The, the mom and pop shops are mostly gone. You know, back in the day, a 50 cow dairy could support a family. Now it can't. You know, so now there's two, three, four, five, six thousand cow dairies right in this immediate area that have bought up all the little ones and they take out hedgerows. You know, they, they tile drain everything and they're just making everything more efficient for their business. And that's you're seeing more corn. Still, most of it here is to feed cows. Uh, there's a little bit here that gets shelled for, for grain or it'll go to an ethanol plant not too far from here, that sort of deal. But for the most part, it's to feed cattle. Well, we've always had corn, but not as much as we have now. And, and I don't think you'll ever see, when I was growing up, this place was all old abandoned farms. There was a lot of native grasses all over the place, um, just old homesteads, a lot of vacant, uh, a lot mostly a lot wetter land. I mean, all this stuff we're hunting right now is all tiled. Um, but then as, as time went on, now, you know, I don't think you'll ever see that again. You know, the demand, the demand for food and the demand for dairy is so high that, um, the you know, that, here to stay. I, I, it, I'll, you'll just see more of it. I think. Yeah. Have you ever been in New York City, Joel? I have. You've been to the city. I have. Did you ever in a, in a million years while you're walking in Manhattan or Times Square ever imagine this existed in New York? I had no idea. This blows my mind. I mean, because personally, I, I enjoyed New York for what it was for about a half a day, but you can have New York City. This is my kind of New York, and I did not even know it existed. If someone had said, you're going to head to New York, and you're going to have some of the best goose hunting you've ever had in your life, I would have said not. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. I bet you, if you took a survey of the country, even Canada, probably the world, that if you said, do you, if you showed them pictures, mm-hmm. you know, of this area, there nobody would say, "Oh, that's New York," except somebody that's either been here a bunch or lived right. was born and raised there. I yeah. think most people would be like, "That's not New York," right? There's right. no way because everybody knows Nevada as Vegas. They're like, 
where are you from? And I'm like, uh, I'm not, you, oh, Vegas. You go, where are you from? I'm from Nevada. Oh, Vegas. I've had a lot of great times. Well, there's right. a lot more to Nevada than Vegas, right? Yeah. Right. So I, I, I've been to New York and I'm a hunter, right? I've never hunted New York, but I've been to the falls. I've been to Buffalo and I still did not ever imagine that New York was like this. Yeah. Like this is some of the prettiest country I've ever seen. Beautiful. We were up on that bluff by that oh, cedar pine the other day. Mm-hmm. Looking out over that little part of the river, whatever mm-hmm. you call that field. I don't remember what Ryan was calling it, but man, that was pretty. Yeah. Like I've never imagined New York was like this. Never. Yeah. Did he bring you up there to Mount Alone? Is that where you're talking? Yeah. Yeah. That's we went up there pretty, and looked at the blind. That you, blind you, is sick. Oh, it's a sick spot. I saw another one of those today over where we come it, back from that other place. Yeah, it would have been ours. You guys hunted it yesterday. Uh, Eli said, I think they drove by there or something. Yeah. But man, yeah. that freaking cedar blind is beautiful. But Jack made a comment today, Nick, of like, Geese got to be the dumbest animals in the world if they would land by that. And I'm like, what? Like that looks like every other part of this landscape. Yeah. And like you put a box blind out in a field like that, a tur- or a ground blind, a turkey will come right to it. Mm-hmm. And that box, that ground blind hadn't been there but an hour. Right. You know, and a turkey yeah. will walk right up to a decoy yeah. in front of it, right? But those cedar blinds look so dialed into the and natural. natural. And there's something to do. There's really something to be said about the color of northern white cedar against an alfalfa field. Even though we can tell the difference, the old timers used to say the geese, that's huge on the eastern shore of Maryland. That's where I learned to learn from those guys learn learn to do it. Um they you still gotta worry about your shadows and stuff like that, but but there there's something there's something there. I mean it blends right into the background. It, yes. I mean the, it looks they're, the they're, same color as the trees behind it. You know, and if if we ever field. put typically in the middle of in the middle of an alfalfa field, if we were to put Let's say we need another section and we're going to throw up an, uh, an A-frame with switchgrass on it next to it. We'll always put cedar in the switch, too, just to help help it blend in with the whole deal. Um, they're handy, they're comfortable, and they hide people. You can you can hunt them out at different winds. You know, they're a pain in the butt to move, but they're, uh, they're lethal. Lethal. Okay, let's get down to what's most interesting to me of a comment I heard the other day of the ocean and the mountains and this funnel right here. Um, I don't know if you've heard that. I don't know if you've stressed that, but somebody said Nick will know all about it. Who was telling us about well, you got the ocean over Ryan. here? Ryan was. You got the ocean over here and you got the mountains over here. And there's like this section of New York or something. Talk well, to me about why are there so many dang molt migrators here? And I also want you, you know what? Let's forget that question real quick. Okay. What does molt migration mean? A molt migrator is a two-year-old RP goose, meaning, meaning resident population Canada goose. RP geese got to be two years old to breed where the Arctic geese got to be four. So just north of here, you, you get to Ottawa, which we, you know, take all the time out of customs and all that. We can leave this house and be to Ottawa, Ontario in 50 minutes. It's right there. You get north of there, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing up there but lakes, you know, it's, it's wilderness. All of Canada's population, you know, is all in very southern Canada. And the Quebec border is right here as well. And it's the same as you get up above Montreal uh, and, and piles and thousands and thousands of these RP geese go up there to molt. When, when I was growing up, uh, they opened they opened the early season for Canada geese in like 94, 95-ish. I started hunting them in probably 98, 97, no, 97, 98. I remember the day i heard some guys killed 16 i was like damn you hear so-and-so they got 16 hawkers the limit was five and once in a while you kill tat you know but i was like they got 16 it was it was huge but 
things were so different. We used wooden decoys. You know, it was, it was the whole, there was no layout blinds at that point in time. Yeah. We just laid on the ground in army camels. Some people covered with burlap. Some people didn't. It was just a totally different deal. But we did not have the geese even close like we do now because those those resident populations were growing and growing and growing. And it's not just we're getting all the molt migrators from the whole East Coast that funnel through here. Go up like, and I'm sure you've heard of Southeast Ontario, right? Goose Capital of Canada. Oh, yeah. this across that. This is Southeast Ontario, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? It's nor- Northeast United States. It's Southeast Ontario. The only difference is that St. Lawrence River, which is right down the road between the two. For years, you would hear about St. Lawrence Outfitters. Oh, they're, they're David, David, Roy? David Roy's operation is right here. I mean, is it really? Yeah. It's that close? Right across the river. Wow! Right across yeah, they the used river. To, they hammer them. Yep, right across the river. So, so explain to me real quick before you keep going, Nick. Is RP? You say resident population, yep. but what resident to where? Re- non-resident to anywhere except the Arctic. Okay, we have RP geese, AP geese, which are the Atlantic population. Those are the traditional migrating Canada geese that come from like the Ungava Peninsula, Southern James Bay region. And in fact, Southern James Bay has its own subspecies too. And then they they winter on the eastern shore of Maryland. Typically, you know, back in the olden days, that's what they always did. They come through here. Uh, the 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 our season goes out the twenty fifth of September, the early season. Yes, and our season doesn't open again till the end of October. That month that we're closed, the reason we're closed for a month is to let them AP geese get through here because they're the ones. Everything, all the models for traditional goose hunting. Um are controlled by their population, the AP geese population. And for the longest time, they say, you know, AP geese never mix up with RP geese. And meanwhile, the goose population is just exploding and exploding and exploding, but the RP population wasn't. So they had to get a little better grip on how they were going to manage it all. And I still don't think they know exactly what the hell's going on. They're really trying to figure it out. Um, but the, tw- the 25th, of September till the end of October, that's when the most geese are here. The month of October, when David Roy, for instance, is running his guys over there on a five bird limit and killing the snot out of them, we can't hunt them here, they're protected. And by the time we reopen in the end of October, the majority of all those AP geese have moved south of here now. They're into Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and, and respectively. And then we'll still shoot some then, but most of them are gone. So RP, I want to wrap my arms around this. Yeah. RP can mean Eastern Pennsylvania, oh, Delaware, yeah. Maryland, yep. all the way down the Eastern coast. Correct. Of the then it even means Ottawa and Ontario. It oh, means Quebec. Absolutely. So any any bird that yeah. doesn't go up to the breeding grounds in the Arctic Correct. is considered an RP goose besides yes. the AP, AP Atlantic population. Yes. They're... So those RP geese are the ones that have exploded in mm-hmm. numbers. Yes. Okay, so now I'm figuring it out. Yes, so the- okay, so I don't know what the population was when they first started the, the resident goose season in New York. Their goal, I mean, they, they caused, they, they let them go. The, the, the refuge that we have here, Upper and Lower Lakes, they, they, they release geese there, and they had spots there they would not even allow you to hunt because they wanted these geese to kind of establish, and, well, I mean, it, it they established. And um, where I was going with that, but they... uh. So as it grew, they figured they wanted 80,000. That was always their goal. 80,000 we can live with. Well, there's New York State alone has like 
they say 240,000 nesting pairs is what they go by, but I, I, I think it's a lot more than that. I mean, around here in for the spring years, you time, heard that, for years, you heard that the AP goose population was in trouble right. that, and, and we're going to get into the numbers of yep. the regular season. Yep. But so when they, when they go up, all those RP geese go north of the Canadian border to molt. And then they leave there and come back down here. And that's when you're hunting them right now. Correct. So right now they're coming here to molt or what? Do you, I, no, no. They go up there. Okay. The young geese, the breeders stay here and breed. The breeders stay where they live. You know, they're here. They're standing on the ice, right? Standing on a muskrat hut or a beaver lodge, holding their ground. The, the, the two-year-old birds or the year-old birds, I should say. In the springtime, they'll hang out around. You'll see flocks here and there, but they're not paired up. And then as, as summer goes on, right before they lose their flight feathers, they fly north. They get out of here. You know, you know you'll see visa geese flying north. Um, I mean, really. July, August? No, uh, late May, early June, because by mid-June, they start to molt and they can't fly. So what they're doing is they're going up there. Now, how they know how to do that, I, I don't have the answer to that. But they go up there, they molt where they're safe in the wilderness, not the Arctic wilderness. They're not that far north. There's, there's a line, and a state biologist could tell you, anything above this is an AP goose. Anything below it's an RP goose. Where, where they exactly decided to draw that line, I don't know how they did that. But So then, now this time of the year, those first few north winds we got, things start to get cooler. Those geese are coming back home here and they're or, young or they're coming back they're young and they've never seen a decoy or they're coming back here through here to get to wherever else they're going because they funneled through the st lawrence river valley they get here and they have to go around the adirondack mountains which is probably what ryan was explaining to you so they funnel right through this valley and then we've got these smaller river systems that hold a lot of geese and the, and, and a lot of times these geese i think they use these river systems almost like a roadmap mm-hmm. you know they just they follow them it's it's safety oh, yeah, and especially sure. when you get in corn country when there's feed everywhere um and that's just that's my take on that so how when you say this area this valley how far could we, if we get in a truck right now how far do we go to where it would be considered legitimate goose hunting potential um east to west of here would be We could go east a couple hours to the border, to the Vermont border, and probably west, give or take the same, you know, that whole corridor, that whole eastern basin of Lake Ontario, the south shore. But even, but, but, but these, these molten migrators go all through, you know, PA off around the Great Lakes, Ohio. That's just, for whatever reason, it's not as prevalent as it is here. Uh, but I know like Minnesota and places like that, the, the geese are killing this time. They are RP geese also. So, you know, turkey hunters always refer to age or deer hunters always refer to age. Are you killing a lot of one and two year old geese every September? Yes. Is that all you're killing? No. Um, I mean, the birds that live here, year you know the birds that live here in the early season that's what we're targeting is just those birds just those birds just those birds they can live i mean you you wonder how i i, I shot one a few years ago that was banded 16 years prior i'd have thought you i just thought that was absolutely impossible one could live around here to be that to be that old you know we've got a lot 10 12 over the years but that kind of faded away when goose hunting got popular goose hunting 
when I started, it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't even close to like it is now. You know, it became cool all of a sudden, and it changed everything. So when you say it became cool, do you deal with a lot of competition in this area? Because it seems like you got a pretty good grasp of Yeah, but it's that's because I've been here a long time, and I do my homework. And, and I mean, no, there's plenty of competition. Absolutely. Outfitters or just locals? Is there a lot of freestyling going on, knocking all, on doors? All of the above. All of the above. Yep. So how has that changed your game plan and your strategy going into the year? Are you are you networking a lot in the in the off season? Oh, they, absolutely. Is that a big part of being successful big, in this business? Big part of it. Big part of it's I mean, I don't know how deep into this I want to get, but just you know No, I want the names and the addresses yeah, and the people. But I mean e- even just scouting crops. I'm scouting crops the minute they're in the ground. You gotta have okay, this year there's no corn off. I've got thousands and thousands of acres of corn that I can hunt that will do me absolutely no good this year. Some of it would have been coming off. More of it would have been coming off. This this recent rain really screwed that up, I think. But it's been such a late year that could crush you if you didn't have just as much. Season will be over before it comes off. Exactly. And and the farmers don't care. I mean, it's the farm farm comes first. The same with that that alfalfa we hunted this morning, that short, pretty stuff, right? Well, I got a lot of that ground. It's this tall. You couldn't kill a goose in that. You're not going to get a goose to land in that. So you got to you got to almost have three or four times what you need, and then if you can get through any season. But man, if it all lines up together, oh, you know, so it lights way, out. When you get in your position and you're and you're managing all these guides and these groups and these clients and these landowners and this mm-hmm. network and the, I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that makes a, a, an operation like this run. Is it still? What you love to do is it fun? Could I persuade you to it, it, to change your livelihood uh, right now? For not the right likely. Money? Not likely. It's fun. It's a lot more work than people would expect, and I take it very seriously, very seriously. But it's very stressful. But uh, no, I I love it. Yeah, love it. Love it. I couldn't persuade you to take another job with some good money right now. No, no way. Not at this point in my life. No. What do you think, Joel? You got to have some. I got tons of questions, but and I got tons of comments and thoughts. And everything he says spawns three or four more questions. I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge for real. That's why why I wanted to have him on the show. And I'm so fascinated by the different, you know, the MVP geese, resident population versus Atlantic population. And the fact that they're using biology, you know, scientists are using biology to try to say, here's how we're going to manage a specific population while not touching another population, which looks exactly the same to the hunter as the previous population. And, and they're trying to get better and more efficient at that. You want me to go into that a little bit? Yeah, because because what they do now, COVID screwed things up for a couple of years, but, once AP geese start tanking and they start, like, we haven't always been a one-bird limit. We used to be 45, our late goose season was 45 days, three-bird limit. Um, that's been for a long, that was for a long, long time. And Maryland was always two. Maryland's, goose hunting in Maryland's huge. The eastern shore of Maryland's a huge economic engine for the area, for the farmers there. I mean, leases there go for huge money. Um, it's, 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 in the day was the goose hunting capital of the world. And they, and you know, it's still considered that to a lot of people. There's a lot of heritage there, and and I get that and understand it. So when they go to one, people get upset. You know, oh, oh they're killing all the, you know, they're killing all the migrators in New York. It's because people think just because a goose migrates, right? 
oh, I shot a ban that this band of goose we shot was from Canada. It was a migratory. Yeah, it was from Canada, but it was an hour and a half from here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I went camping there last summer. Right? It's not exactly a, an Arctic Canada goose. Uh, but they they banned, they tried to ban 3,000 AP geese every spring on the Arctic. And then they used those. And if that goose is harvested that season, that's a direct recovery. They're only counting direct recoveries because... In the beginning, they said, no, they never mix up with residents and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they do. So so now they might come from the Arctic, go down to Maryland or PA, find a new friend, and only fly back to Messina, New York. They and, become RP geese. Yeah. And, and and there's no proof that that hasn't happened anymore, like they think, because bands are showing up are in places. Are they genetically different? Uh, ge yeah, they would be, because... And an AP goose can't can't another reason they're so sensitive is they can't breed till they're four. So it's and, and they have a small, small window like a like a brand with any real Arctic nesting bird, <coughs> snow geese, for instance. Snow geese can have a terrible hatch or a great hatch, brant, because their wind they gotta get up there. Their window is so small to do it. They gotta be a certain age to even be sexually mature. So there's a lot of things that can wipe them out beyond hunt, you know, besides hunting. But you they but uh at one point, we were we were allowed to have ten percent of our harvest was allowed to be AP geese, less than ten percent. And they pulled like the last meeting I was at that that it all came out. They pulled like thirteen years of it of band data, and we were under three percent, a three percent average from the band recoveries killing RP killing AP geese in an RP season. Now, once our October and November season comes in, we kill we kill many many more. Because there's there's still enough of them around, but 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 they can sustain that harvest. That, but that's why our limit now is one, or was three, and now it's one. But I believe any I believe next hunting season, next fall, we'll be back up to three, which is great news because they're doing good, which is awesome. I mean, because everything, no matter what, if if there's a you know a million resident geese in New York, and the AP geese are doing bad, we're still going to be restricted because they got to protect the AP geese. So. So when you say back to three and you're at one, this is stressful because I would think that this time of year, you really got to get when the getting's good as far as how it relates to your business. So oh, absolutely. I'm thinking like I'm from Nevada, yep. which is a long drive, just so you know, in case you ever plan on making it, it yep. was a long drive, six hour flight through one stop. I don't think I'd come here for one goose. I love you. You're a great dude. But to come all the way here for one goose, I'd have to book a 13, 14 day hunt. To make it worth it. So do you see this to where, like, I know that I quit going to Maryland when they, I used to go to Eastern Shore all the time. Yeah. But when you, to go all the way there for one goose, I love going to Have It a Grace and the decoy museums yeah. and fit, hanging out with Job and, and, and visiting everybody and seeing Sean Mann and, and Newweiler and all them guys. I love it. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd go there to kill one goose. Yeah. And, and, and they know that. They know when it goes to one goose, a lot of the boys in Maryland say you might just better close it. Wow. Close it and let them rebound quicker. Because no one's, you know, no one wants to shoot one. Nobody comes here to shoot one goose. That time of the year, we're hunting ducks, you know. But when it's a three-bird goose limit, if your duck hunt's not what you wanted in the afternoon, and there's geese everywhere, you can go shoot three geese a man in the afternoon, and, and it really helps. One goose makes it tough, you know. But but you got to roll with it, right? Yeah, what, luckily for me, that time of the year, goose was never my bread and butter then. It's so always it, duck. Yeah, so it hasn't hurt me i've been lucky i've been very lucky through a lot of ups and downs with certain things 
Oh, you just got to adapt, you know? Well, tell us about that for a second, if you don't mind, Nick. What, yeah. you, on your logo, you have a Canada, you have a Mallard, and you have a GoldenEye. Yep. Well, you kill a lot of GoldenEyes on the river, I assume? Yeah. And, but you kill a lot of Mallards, too. We kill a lot of Mallards. Yep. Oh, I would come here yep. for that. We I would are, come and do that. We are... We had... Back in the day, this area had the highest density of breeding... Breed, highest density of breeding Mallards in the Atlantic Wild. Right here. These, it was called the, the prairie potholes of the east, the St. Lawrence River Valley, back when all them old farms were still here and that sort of thing. When I was growing up, I mean, there was marshes everywhere. And if we started driving around, you'd still say, you, you know, you, all you see is farm fields, but there's a lot of sloughs, a lot of big marshes that you can't just drive your truck next to, but they're there. I mean, I own a lot of big ground, big, big, big wetland ground, and the government owns a lot. There's still plenty of habitat so to speak but not nearly what there used to be i mean not even close so that's i mean our mallard limit went to two that scared me to death i was like that's that's not good but what was it before four Four. yep it went to two how long has it been two i believe this coming fall will be the third year didn't stop people from coming not at all why because the golden eyes were still there no i mean we don't even mess with the golden eyes like we used to when i was a younger man that was like i love chasing them things um now i'm more of a mallard black duck purist really and good for you you know i really am and canada geese on the st lawrence river are just as good as it gets but uh yeah we used to chase them a lot but and the golden eye population crashed too at one point because we had i don't know what years was probably it was been a while now eight nine years ago we had two extremely harsh winters when the great lakes froze like they hadn't since like the early 60s. Like the Great Lakes froze. And a lot of those Great Lakes diving ducks, that's as far as they ever went. You know, they didn't, they didn't even, they weren't even imprinted to go any further south. Yeah. So it killed our GoldenEye population crash. But they're coming back. They're coming back good now. Um, but yeah, we hunt ducks from, we open the first Saturday in October and run here through mid-November. Then get on the river after that till early December. And then we go to the Finger Lakes. River you put a boat in with a boat blind? That, if we're hunting divers, typically we'll go to a spot, be it an island or shore somewhere, and set up A-frames and hunt hunt from shore. Just use a boat to get where we're going. Before we go any further, what, why bat, what does basswood mean? You you bought this from the a guy that you worked for for years. Yep. Was it named Basswood then? Yes, it was named Basswood Lodge then. Um, they, they started the place, when they put the property together, we, we own 800 acres uh, right where the main lodge is, and when they put the property together, uh, the first place they had, they called they called it bass. It was on, it's on Basswood Ridge, so they called it Basswood. And then as time went on, they they named it Basswood Lodge. It's pretty badass. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because cool. I mean, I want going to the St. Lawrence River's got some amazing bass fishing. Yeah, the best in the world. Best in the world here for river fishing. Best in the world. Best bass fishing or best river bass fishing. Best smallmouth bass fishing in the world. And I don't know shit about it, but mm-hmm. you can. I mean. You do it? It's all over a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Are you uh are you an outdoorsman year round, or do you kind of do you do something else in the summer? I'm an outdoorsman year round. I'm not a real big fisherman. I'm a hunter trapper, that sort of deal. I I love to hunt turkeys. I love to trap shit. I love to call coyotes. I love to do all that stuff. Fishing. Is it boring? I, I like to go fishing, but it's more like beer drinking. Yeah, that sort of deal. <laughs> what kind of beer? You can't, I, lot of, you uh, can't be, you can't be angry at, I don't want to like, it's my time to not be like after something. You know what I mean? I can, I can relax a little bit. If we get them, we get them. If we don't, we don't sort of thing. Yeah. Where everything else is pretty serious. Do you like water skiing? 
Are you a boat guy and a beach guy? Boat guy. I got a beach body, as you can tell. <laughs> I used I used to water ski, but I haven't in a long time. Were you slalom? No, I never slalomed. No. Is slalom one ski? Yeah. Yes. Barefoot. Oh, it's barefoot. huge up here. We got we got a we got a place on the water just south of here, and uh, skiing's huge there. Huge. Really? Oh yeah. You have a, a house on the lake? Yeah. Camp. What lake? Hagley Falls. It's called. Hagley Falls. Yeah. Okay, so seven shells in a gun this, yeah. this season. No plug, up to seven shells max. Yep. 15 birds per man per day. Mm-hmm. And the size of the groups can get up to what? Sky's the limit. I mean, I we hunt, I'll hunt six or eight and think nothing of it from a business aspect, and that's simply what it is. And... You kill geese that way too. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. When it was when it was five, when our limit was five, in my opinion, we had the world by the balls. When it went to eight, we still did, you know, because it was, you know, 32, 20, you know, depending on what you had, bam, there was always an end line. We're done. We're done. Now these clients were done. Going, uh... We're done. That L word, man. Like we were talking about the mallards that a minute L ago. Word. That L word. <laughs> the same guys that would be kind of bummed out if they only killed three mallards the year before now they got two we got the limit yep it's that word man you know weird word it's a weird word so 24 geese 32 geese 40 geese 48 whatever it was oh man this is great and that went on for years and years life was good and i still wished it was five then and 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 the dc the the department of environmental conservation in new york them guys were always like oh we're never gonna do that 15 bird shit that other states are doing unplugged guns you can shoot a half hour after sunset i mean it's it, it's the wild west once yeah. they it, there's there's nothing you know what i mean it's crazy then overnight they did it and i was very upset i actually had a meeting with our state senator i mean but whatever i was pissing in the wind but i was pissed they're, they, they they're they're taking all of the the you know they're, they're not treating them like a resource anymore but but the geese they're trying to get rid of they're they're not getting rid of you know what i mean but then i got thinking or are they do they want us pounding the snot out of these molt migrators that are gonna end up somewhere else raising hell right so the science behind it maybe they're they're, they're thinking a little higher than me i don't know but it, it got to the point where for the longest time we kept it eight for years we're keeping it at eight that's all you're doing and then Oh, well, we never got 60 before. So you let them shoot 60 and then you let them shoot 65 and it ruins people. And then you become a victim of your own success. Back in the day, 20 geese was awesome. High fiving, going to the diner at 830. Now at 11, we've only got 52. Like, <laughs> did you hear how many times me, Joel and I said that in the blind today? Like, we better get our limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, had a, you, I had a great hunt. Well, today. you know how it is in this business, dude. Hunt. You know oh, what I mean? It's, it's it's we were in the bar the other night where we're going tonight. What's it called? Doug's. The wing capital of this area. Oh yeah. Um they were good. We 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 cheated. Tried one or eight. Um but a guy in there is like, We love Nick. We want all these geese dead. They shit all over the road and the golf course and the, the riverbanks. I can't even go fishing down there because I'm stepping in all of it all the time. You can't go <laughs> swimming in the river anymore. Yeah. All this stuff. So like that, what you just said about them yeah. leaving here and raising hills somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's like you, you want, you don't hunt and you love animals. Right. 
and you're like, you shouldn't shoot those. But then you, you get these people behind a closed oh, door yeah. and they're like, we wish they'd all die. Yeah. Like I've heard people say that about deer in Northern oh, New York. Oh yeah. I've heard, I've heard a celebrity that sings say, I wish they'd get rid of all of them because they keep eating my apples and they yeah. keep going through windshields. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's all about management, but 15 a day puts a lot of stress on you because i know when colorado's limit went to five from four mm -hmm. that those guys want to stay out in the field until they all get their fifth bird mm -hmm. and it puts that mentality and that l word into mm -hmm. a client's head that we have to get our limit mm -hmm. like the same clients that would, would be happy with a fiber limit at 25 five guys yes. now they want to kill 75 exactly and once they do they judge every hunt on that on that one even though the, not all of them i shouldn't say that we've got we got some great clients. We got clients that get it. If they kill 10 tomorrow. So how do you manage it? They get it. When you, how do you manage it? When you have a group of clients in the blind, how do you manage and, expectations? Well, yeah. How do you manage it to when you get the 42 geese and it's 10 o'clock and they're like, well, we still got 40 more to shoot. No. How you, do you, how do you manage up, that? that? That's up to the guy near the guy when we're talking all day, you know? And if we get a real big one going, like if they're hitting me up, Hey, look, you know, I got five guys. This is what we got. They're done. You know, every now let's just say they've been mopping them up all three days. That's going to be a smaller number. You know, maybe the first two days they struggled and all of a sudden they're getting into them real good that day. Well, I might let them go a little further. Certainly not shoot the limit, but you know what Have I'm you saying? Ever had a client walk into your office and be like, look, we, we didn't need to stop that hunt today. And I don't think we need to pay full price because uh, we, we, we could have kept going. The geese were still flying. Yes, that's happened, but they it can, has. Huh? Yeah. I mean, they can go get back. What do I they mean, do with I don't, all these I don't geese? want them. <laughs> they all get used i mean they do all they all get they all go to the processor get processed and they all get used some people a lot of people take it but a lot of people fly in and don't take any of it all gets donated so in new york you can legally donate every goose you kill in a well first is it a 75 or a, a 45 bird possession limit here correct so it's three times your daily limit in september correct so you can donate all 45 birds in the state of New York to where does it go? Hunger uh, food banks and stuff like that. Here, typically the Amish community, the Amish want them. Yep. And they clean them. No, I have, we, we, we have a processor that cleans them. Yes. But, but that particular processor cleans them, does all the paperwork. So it's legit. And then everything's tagged processed. And then it gets donated to other people throughout the community. Let me ask you a legal question. Yeah. Game wardens in the area. Yeah. Are they here? Oh, yeah. They check you. Oh, yeah. How stringent are they when they want these birds gone? They're like, put seven shells in your gun, 15 birds a man. They want them gone. They want they want them dead. Yeah. Do they go like, hey, where's your pile? Where I mean, do they abide by the rules of the regular season? Like, you got to have your pile of birds in your, in your possession. You know, all, I mean, are they a little bit more lenient? Because I would think that the mentality would be like, hey, Nick's got a great reputation. He's not going to do anything against us. But do they come in and ch do they just check the license? Because they don't have to check plugs anymore, obviously. Well, well they, they could. They could still because. You got to have seven in. Yeah. And that's just like a, that's a different deal. That's a New York penal law sort of law. I don't think it has much to do with the hunting and it didn't at first, but. Uh, the game wardens do their job. Do they, do they check your geese? Do they count your geese? Everyone's different. You know what I mean? We, we try to keep things separated and all legit the whole time we're hunting. And guys are shooting their own birds, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's, it's more of a, like the unplugged gun thing. The, the biggest thing that annoys me about that, my gun's plugged. I never take it out. Me neither. neither I mean, if you're a crack shot, there's guys that can, kill five 
but they're very few and far between. And them geese got to be right there for that to happen. But that mentality of I have to shoot my gun, I have to shoot all my shells, and expect you know. And when they got five or six or seven in there, and they're still shooting at that, that annoys me. I'll just scream. You know, I, the last thing I want to see are legs hanging from geese flying back to the river or wherever they're going that are never going to fly off that river again. You know what I mean? So you have a talk with these clients before the, the hunt of saying, look, yes. we're going to kill the geese in the hole. Yeah. If I say stop, you stop. You know, that that's plain and simple. So so the barrages could wear on you mentally or they get on your nerves once in a while. Well, if guys are just dumping their gun to dump their gun. Absolutely. They're not snow geese. I'm not going to start treating them like snow geese because they're not. Thank we we could even that. use an electronic collar if we wanted to. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Well, then yeah. why the heck aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with me in the blind, you probably should. That's, that's a great transition. Um, how do you kill molt migrators this time of year? What's the best? Do you want to give away some of your secrets on how you get daily success on these things? Miles. A lot of miles and a lot of hard work, and that's it. That's all. I mean. That's all you'll tell me. You know, like, what about the decoy spread? What about the calling? What about... Do you have to be hidden perfect from these young birds? You have to be hidden. Um, they're tricky. These molt migrators come to the call more than the decoys, if that makes any sense. Hmm. You got Obviously, you got to have decoys, but they focus on that sound, and they want to get on top of that sound. Really? On top of that sound, which can make them tricky, too. Because if you lay off them, you'll lose them. Like today, today was a terrible push. But, but you did yell at me. When we get, I did not yell at you. <laughs> when we get, when we get a good push, you'll see you got to stay on these things. Because once you get them started, you get them in that trance, and they're not. They're, they're, of course, they're looking at the decoys, but they're listening to you more than anything. And and as as you think, all right, now it's time to back off a bit, right? That's when they start to slide. You got to bring them back. You got to you got to get in their head and just keep them coming keep them coming the whole time and you'll see a lot of, a lot of times you're shooting them like they've missed your hole you know they're finishing now but they're trying to finish on top of the blind because they're coming to that sound it's it's just is it something to do with their age and their in their in their their upbringing i i don't know i don't know but they're different they're definitely different yeah i'm Wisconsin trying to think of another you know, animal like i've had like coyotes are notorious for pinpointing sound right like i can't I, I, well snow geese snow geese always want to land on the speaker snow geese yeah same thing and coyotes i mean they can pinpoint oh, that yeah. sound from ever away absolutely they come right to it yeah. just like it's a magnet like it, crazy yeah and a coyote i look at that more like a turkey a coyote knows knows his bedroom you know, you walk in this house if i if this was your house that yeah. you lived at if you walked in the door and i yelled you know exactly what bedroom i was in yeah. you know what i mean and these geese it's a different deal. They don't. They don't live here. They don't. It's a whole different sort of deal. But they. I think. I think there's something to do with the sound of it. Um, we use a lot of black and whites too, a lot to con to contrast, and and, and they'll want to finish with the black and whites on migration days. Uh, we mix. We mix up a lot of different kinds of decoys sometimes. Let me um, ask you this: today's hunt specifically. Um, is there any thought that goes to your head that if we would have had a bigger spread, we would have killed them? Um, maybe killed them better. I mean, maybe a few of them later in the day, but at the same time, we were hunting a feed of big geese. If you go into a feed of big geese like that, 
you can also really screw it up. Really screw it up. So, I mean, what? The worst thing that happened today, first two groups came, we shot into them. Next group came, if I remember, decided to play dickety doodah, and then they all came, and then they, they, you know, once that happened over here, we kept trying to, they, as soon as them geese went down to the left, more geese kept coming, and, and in my experience, you got to, you know what I mean? And, and that's, I mean, we saw 90% of the geese in that first, once they started flying that first 20 minutes, and then after that, it was pretty quiet. Yeah. You know, but even them geese, a lot of them geese today were weird. Them later birds, they were weird, but. So with it, um, do you have do you have the forecast really fast on your phone? I know that I got it, uh, but I don't know if I still have it up. Forecasts um, for tomorrow. Find it, please. Where would I look? I got it right here. Okay. Just a second, it'll pop up. Tomorrow is a southwest wind. Not a migrator day, correct? Well, but again, it's the cool count the calendar's getting closer. So. The hourly tomorrow is light rain, maybe in the morning. West winds switching to north. It's going to be blowing northwest by midday, noonish. Um, northwest once, or southwest? Says it starts northwest. at south. Starts at southwest, switches to northwest. So we need to be out there at noon tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's a high of 58 though tomorrow so it'll be substantially cooler, cooler. now friday 7 a.m northwest at eight miles an hour in sunshine joel's mm -hmm. gonna change his plane ticket mm -hmm. <laughs> come on mm -hmm. well, migrator day you're thinking friday morning yeah you'd put money on it yeah so what me being a client sitting here with you and we're just having a beer talking. Yeah. What can I expect Friday? Not the kills, but what are you scouting still on Thursday night? Or do you have a specific field you go to? Cause you know, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll depend with, with diesel being five bucks a gallon. The geese that are here right now, we got to work for them. Like tomorrow's hunt. We got to work for because, because we haven't got any new geese in a few days. We've been beating the snot out of them. So we've got to find spots that we can kill geese in the morning and not depend on the migrators. Now, if it gets to a point where north wind tomorrow, great. Like, and, and at the end of the season, it doesn't matter so much. But a week ago, if we get a north wind, everybody's going to go and hunt migrator rigs because we're going to need the feeds for the other days when the wind doesn't blow north. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You got to be, you're, you're always, as an outfitter, you're always thinking, you're always thinking a week ahead. You know, you're never thinking, you're thinking of today, but you're always thinking of the next day and the next day. Um, but like Friday, yes, Friday, everybody's going to go. We're going to go to that cedar blind up on that hill. We will go. Do you want to be at the highest point around here we, on the migrator today? You don't have to be. There's certain lines that I've learned over the years that are more productive than others. Water. Places you want to be. Rivers have something to do with it, but not always, not for every line. Um, today we were off a line too, and we were, today was a completely different deal. We were hunting geese that were feeding there. Uh, but, but we have spots where we'll pick these lines, which is typically a lot of times where these blinds you speak of are, um, that's why they're there. Traditional, just for whatever reason, that's what the geese do. And, um, on big days, you can kill them anywhere on small push days. You got to be in the right spot. So you think no matter where you put us, do you even have to scout tomorrow night is my question to go where you think you, what, what's going to happen Friday morning? I'm going to scout, but am I going to, are we going to send five trucks, six trucks out to put a hundred miles each on Friday night or Thursday night? Probably. Do you, do you, 
have confidence that when that wind switches tomorrow at noon to the northwest, that you're going to be getting new geese all throughout the evening and tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So you're going to wake up Friday with new geese here, mm-hmm. plus the hopes of. So they're going to be coming off the local water here. Mm-hmm. You got you're going to kill those because they haven't they haven't been hunted, or they might sit for a day or they two. They might sit for a day. Or it's two hard to say. But... So then you're looking for those migrators. Yep. When you see a, a flock of geese in your experience, Nick, how do you know they're migrators? Just by the way, typically, the okay. Ele- wait, let me rephrase that because you told me today they're molt migrators. Molt migrators. That word migrator gets everybody they're off. They're molt migrators. How yep. do you know they're molt migrators? Typically, obviously, they're a little taller, and you can just tell by the way they're flying. They don't know what they're doing. They're just, and if you hit them with a call, mo- most of the time, boom, you know, they really start to look and start to do their thing, whether there's wind, no wind, whatever. But they still have to be in the right mood. Similar in, in almost in an extent to like snow goose hunting. Yeah, snow geese got to be in the right mood. You know, everything can be going on all day and they hate it. And then all of a sudden at two o'clock, they want it. And whether well, maybe it's a lighting thing or whatever it is, but these these guys are a little weird like that too. Want the actual migrator. Yeah. In my experience, my best migrator days with ducks have always been over water, whether I'm in Missouri or Idaho. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I've never really been on a migrator dry field hunt. Yep. I, I'm okay with hunting ducks in a dry field. It can yeah. be powerful, but yeah. it's not my favorite. Yep. I want to be on water. Yep. All my migrator hunts for mallards have yep. always been on water. Yep. You would it, it you would seem that they want water because they've been flying. They've got to be thirsty mm-hmm. as heck. Right, but 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 here's the deal. They're not coming from that far away. Exactly. That's the difference. They haven't. These molt migrators aren't traveling that far. Correct. Because that's why those mallards are seeking water because their throats are dry as hell. Exactly. To even go out and eat, they got to get some moisture. Now, these birds that dark, I bet you this evening, because they did start to push a little bit uh, about two o'clock. In fact, I bet you the two groups that went out this afternoon shot some eggs. I don't think they killed a pile, but I bet you they both shot some. At dark, certain areas, you'll see them just kind of. There they are. You know, they, they they get here and they know where they're going sort of thing. But during the day, they can be intercepted anywhere, really. So with us being here this late in the season, and you take 30 days off in between the regular season and the end of October, do we hunt water ever this time of year? Can We're, we hunt water this yeah, late in the game? I mean, I ha- yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I, I want to hunt water, but it's, it's really got to be the right day, and I think we're going to get it. I do. Saturday or Sunday? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Put those it's, panel blinds up on the and we gotta we gotta let this river come down a bit because all this rain brought this river up, but it, it it gets back down right, and if it gets back down where it needs to be, we'll be on the river, not the St. Lawrence River, a different one, different river. Yeah. Do you like those blinds we hunted out today? Yeah. That that sweet yeah. blind. Yeah. Right? Now that I figured them out a little bit in the daylight. Yeah. Yeah. This morning was a bit of a shit show, but uh, yeah, it's all right. we gotta figure it out. I, we I've learned that. We just get work done no matter what. You oh saw, yeah, you saw we worked pretty hard because that's that's what nobody we, stopped. We just all went to work and did our thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's I how love you do that it. part of it. Yeah. Like, like nobody bitches and moans, no. or pisses and moans. No. No. Oh, good. Like we got work done. We yeah. got unreal work done today, yeah. right? Um, can you brag on my dog just a little bit on that? Your dog is very retrieve? good today. That, that, one, that was really impressive. That one that yes. last that impressed me. Yep. I was like, oh my god, that's yep. ax- that's Axel esque right there. Yeah, I'm that just glad. I'm when they started sending when anytime you let a bird lay like that, you know, I didn't see it go down. Gannon saw it, and Jimmy saw it, and I don't think you saw it go down either. They just I had so no idea where it was. You're out there, and they're telling you where it is. You know how many times I've been in that situation where they're 
200 yards off at this point in the hunt and you're trying to handle your dog it worked out good i'm glad he nailed it that was that i was happy i I was very happy to see that yeah so you as the owner of basswood lodge right now you would tell myself and joel and our clients your clients including us that this thursday friday saturday and sunday have the potential to be a grand finale kind of banger finish for this early season with what you're seeing in the forecast yeah and i wouldn't i wouldn't have to tell them that because all the clients i have in camp the next four days have probably been coming for 10 years so they know they know so you keep saying the calendar is getting it's what do you what was your quote the calendar the dates you know i know but i I say well it's it's not a north wind but you keep saying because it's it's, pushing the calendar it's time it's 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 just like the calendar birds so even on a south a south wind they'll come yes They'll buck that way further at you some get. point they're because they're not flying that far. Correct. Days are getting shorter and they know they got to go. And they're itching to get here. They're itching to start because way up there where they're molting, there's no ag, right? Yeah. So they're itching to get into ag country now to start getting into that pattern. So, yeah. So you feel pretty good about the next couple of days. I do. You're not nervous at all. I don't get nervous. You're not worried at all that, that we're going to get stopped. I don't believe that. That well, I'm not nervous. That you don't get nervous. Ah, uh, or maybe I'm always nervous. Maybe you don't get unnervous. <laughs> that that might be I, it. What call were you blowing today? Uh, uh, malt gear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like Scott Trinan does good work. Yeah. I'm gonna give you another one someday. You look good in bandage. Joel made a couple comments. Speaking of Joel, Nick McNamara, um, is it a rumor or is it true that you offered him a job to become the new camp cook? Well, we're still in negotiations. I think you could get him for, he likes this area. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Yeah. It's my first official waterfall camp. We okay. talked about that life. on the podcast okay. last night, Nick. Yeah. He started waterfall hunting when he was 37. He's 60 now. and he, <laughs> 51. <laughs> he, Every time you say it, I'm going to say I'm 51. Everybody I've been wants. watching him. I've been watching him since we got here. And I'm like, I don't think Joel's ever been out of Wisconsin at a duck camp. He's been to Gator Camp in Florida. He's been yep. to South Africa and does that. But I don't think he's ever been to a f- official duck camp, goose camp. This is his first one. Well, welcome, Joel. Well, I, I think I'm getting spoiled right off the bat. No, you spoiled us pretty good last night. Oh, good. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, we're, we're this is world-class <laughs> goose hunting. Just what we saw the first day and, and today. Yeah. And then uh, we ate, man, I don't know how it's even possible gaining weight by eating wild game. but <laughs> and, and your guys are just fantastic, too. Appreciate that. I think that. everybody had a blast last night. And I think, I mean, besides the liver, I mean... <laughs> Oh, I knew you couldn't get through it without. I wasn't that. gonna bring it up. No, but I he am. would. Yeah, I am. He always. Yeah. Would. I'm glad that some people liked it. I'm glad because that shows me that. Because I honestly would have told somebody that. I that shows eat. you that some people lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow. I, I thought uh, that I would. Eat. I, I told you what I don't eat. I don't eat mackerel, and I don't eat sea urchin. But I'll eat anything at a sushi bar. I'll eat tripe. I'll eat tongue i'll eat sweet breads which are the the thymus gland of a cow i'll I'll eat i'll eat anything but that liver there's something about it with me that a lot of people will tell you that that's what duck tastes like and i go if you cook duck right it's delicious right but a lot of people liver duck because they cook it too much and it gets that same texture and when i hit that when it hit my tongue last night i knew instantly i wasn't going to enjoy it there's something about this the the taste or the gravelly feel something about liver that's that's my deal too. Liver is liver. 
in my opinion. No, yes. you're right. You know, there's a taste if to it. You don't, there's if, a taste to liver that is common among the liver of every different species, and it's common to liver. Yes, and if you if, you if no you doubt. if you can't if you don't like that, I just don't like yeah. it. I'm the well, same way. I'm gonna tell you what. We had a big bowl of it, and it was almost all gone last night. Yeah, so somebody in there, somebody out there liked liver. Yeah. Two cats on the deck. <laughs> There's two cats on the deck. <laughs> Wondered where all those strays came from, looking for their nine yeah. lives last uh, night. Hey, for real, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. This has been all. We love it here. Good. I'm glad. I would like to make it a, a tradition. I, I mean, would like that it takes. too. Yeah. I really like being here. I like you guys a lot. Like you guys, are, it's a killer crew. Even I would like to go see the lodge and hang a yeah. little bit. Um, and just, I, it's just one of those things where we're running and you're running and you're, it's busy. I'm glad last night happened tonight. We're yes. going to spend some good time together at the wing yeah. joint. Doug's 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 Doug's. Yeah. Freaking Doug's. What was the one called? What was their, the flavor that I loved? Oh, grande. Oh, grande's grande. banging. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Grande. The bourbon, Probably my favorite. What too. was the other one called? Bourbon some? Uh, no. Yeah. There was a bourbon, and then we had the medium buffalo. There was a bourbon something, yeah. and it was pretty good. But it that was all right. Grande's bomb. Grande's good. I like the that Grande. One. Am I wrong to think that that Grande was like a? It's like a thousand islandy kind of. It taste might have some of the some, yeah that and like a medium buffalo sauce mixed together. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you what we're gonna try to do tonight. If you can get us permission, Joel in two thousand one came up with the right wing sauce, and it's the slogan is perfect for your party. Which he's, you know, he's a conservative and it's got the, you know what on it. And oh, it's yeah. called the right wing sauce. Yeah. And so we were going to get some dry naked wings and see yeah. if we could maybe have them tossed in this maybe just to try it. We can do that. And maybe they'll, they'll say, do that for us. Maybe Doug's will be like, we need that in the, in our arsenal, in our maybe. portfolio, in our offering. This is, although I do want to be careful because you do you have due respect when you're near Buffalo, New York, which is the. Hey, I get it. You know, I had no idea when I got here. The when that, when, that, when that was said to me wing. our first night here, I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, that's where the buffalo wings come from. Is buffalo <laughs> wings. I had no idea. You thought buffaloes had wings? I literally, this point in my life, had no idea that we were in wing country right now. <laughs> oh, no. I just knew New York is like Italian food, some good Nobu sushi. Yep. You know, it's got that flair right. of all the of, of all the boroughs and right. Chinatown and that's eight hours away, bro. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's I don't, what's crazy. I don't know this part. And I've been to Buffalo before, and I still didn't put two and two together. One of the cool things we did is when we come up here from Freddie's house, we were over at Zinks in Ohio for a mm-hmm. night before we came here, and I'm a baseball nut, so I'm like, I love the Bisons. They're one of my favorite organizations, that stadium, the whole story of the Buffalo Bisons and all that. So I look at their schedule, and they're playing the Syracuse Mets in Syracuse. Perfect. So we went to Syracuse That's tonight cool. and went and watched them play the Buffalo Bisons, which was cool. But I still never knew that Buffalo, New York was the home of the Buffalo oh, yeah. Wild Wing. B-dubs. That's what they call it, I guess. But that's, like, I'd never put two and two together. I'm an idiot. Buffalo I'm an idiot. Wings. Yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't have either. It's not like I thought buffaloes were used to make wild uh, chicken wings. You know what I mean? Get your head in the game, Jack. I know. I need to get my head in the game. My head was in the that's game this morning. Awesome. I was really, re- I'm freaking excited to hunt. Like, do you think tomorrow we have a chance to kill them? You're excited? Mm-hmm. You know where we're going? I yet? know where we are. Do you know where we're going? I have an idea. I'm going to get out of here and go look at it well this is another hour podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's nick mcnamara bass wood lodge upstate is i just keep saying upstate new york let me ask you this as a businessman and i'll let you go why did you invite us here based on what matt williams and i love that dude by the way matt williams i met him at habitat flats with tony vandemore and the mccauley brothers last thanksgiving i spent Mm -hmm. thanksgiving night with matt williams at tony vandemore's house unbelievable night 
Wow, what a night. Um, why did you let us come here or invite us to come here? Do you need the marketing? Do you want the marketing? Does it matter to you on that? What is in this for you? Because we're going to make stellar TV out of what we did in the mm -hmm. kitchen last night, mm -hmm. what we've done on the first two hunts, the dog work. We've cleaned geese. We took livers out of geese. We're going to we're going to film it all. We're going to have everything in there, right? Well, I'd love to bring a camera in there tonight and have Doug's let us show us tossing mm -hmm. some wings in the back bar because it just goes with this area that'd yeah. be cool as shit yeah we're gonna make stellar tv out of this what is in it for you as an outfitter when you have all this return clientele do you want it to be known out there or are you taking a chance of bruising this place with a more of an influx of people coming up here tell me how your mindset was of bringing us in here i think long term i've done no marketing over the years really I don't, I'm not a social media guy. I'm not really into it. Um, you look like a social media guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. But Matt, Matt called and said, you guys were really cool. And I know Matt enough that he doesn't say that about many people. So I was like, yeah, invite him out. Let's do it. Let's see, let's see what this is about. You know, and I'm glad I did. And I'm sure it'll be good. No matter, no matter, you know, no matter what becomes of it business wise, I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Well, I, I would like, I, I, take it very serious like you do mm -hmm. like i'm i'm not a guy that goes oh yeah we want free hunts and then we're going to book all of your hunts i want to be a needle mover i yep. want our company and our brands to be needle movers i want you to see results out but i yep. also want you to have a pride in it of like that's how i wanted my outfit yeah showcased absolutely i'm not gonna we're not gonna cut corners yeah. and do shit half ass yeah. no i can but, tell you're not but i want to make sure that he you was a drill sergeant out there today <laughs> at the end of that deal i always am i always am <laughs> yeah. I was, i'm a field producer he reminded me of myself at one point <laughs> yeah. when he was uh doesn't matter well, what he's i'll doing, take that during duck season he said hey well, you should have already done that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remind guys subtly. Yep. Hey, put the camera over here. What do you mean? Start filming over here. Mm -hmm. You should have already been thinking that way. You got to be mm -hmm. thinking. You got to always. Yep. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of get an, a read of you of like, I want to develop it to where obviously friendships first and foremost, yeah. but I want you to always feel like you're getting your ROI out of it because I don't want to come in here and just be like, oh, yeah, we were up there in New York. I mean, this has been a, bu this is a bucket list deal for me. This That's is awesome. Cool. I truly mean that. Like when I look up today and I saw those big bastards gliding, when they, when they, when they start to give it up and they start to get in yeah. a race, like I can't control myself. Yeah. When I look up at Mallards and they start giving it up, I, li I literally lose control of myself. Mm -hmm. And those big geese doing that. I told you today twice that looked like Mallards over timber. Yeah. They just start working that way. And then all of a sudden another one joined them. I yeah. ne you never see Canada geese do that. No. You never see big Canada geese. You see lessers do that right. once in a while. But big Canada geese to descend like those three did today, yes. and then that one joined up with them. Oh, yeah. That's Mallard esque. Yep. Peeling off of the peeling off of the flock. It was killer. Up. It was unreal. Yeah, and what cool. and I love I love the fact. I love the fact. Absolutely cherish the fact that you can call them until their toenails hit the dirt, and you have to. Yes. You have to. You have. That is so cool with big geese. Yes. That's what you do with lessers in Oklahoma, right. or Kansas, or Texas, or Colorado in the mm -hmm. front range. Big geese are like nobody's home. Tim Van, Timmy would always say, "Clunk them on, bub. Clunk them on, bubs." This is like hammering them, and yeah. I love that shit. Mm -hmm. I want to blow a read out every flock and just be in there tuning. <laughs> it, it was so counterintuitive to Wisconsin hunting big geese because yeah. when they're getting closer, it was, all right, back off, back off, back off, back yep. off. Slow down, slow down. Quiet, quiet. You know, and I here like you're this. just like bap, 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 and they're. I love that. I wheels down. I love that. And now that I know, like I'm not gonna quit calling. Like literally the whole hunt. 
<laughs> from, from beginning to end, I sat in the wrong place for this. No, but I appreciate it, and you know, we'll we'll uh, stay stay on it to make sure that it's legit. You're not a social media guy because I've been tagging you this week, and I haven't seen like I don't even know if you check. I don't even know if it's the right page. Uh, I just, oh, actually, no, we do have a, a, a Instagram page. Basswood, my daughter takes care of it. Basswood, Basswood Lodge. Lodge. Well, yeah. ask her if she's been seen. I don't know. Okay. I've been doing, I don't like today. I didn't because I didn't see any reaction out of the first two days. So I didn't know if anybody even looks at it or anything. And yeah. We're trying to get that stuff figured out, but I get it with time. Well, that's the master of it over there. Yeah. So you're going to leave here right now. You're going to go scout. We're going to meet at Doug's. We're going to have some wings, maybe yep. a couple bush lattes. You're going to have this one beer called, uh, what do you call What is this beer? Y'all drink up here? Pap, uh, not paps. Uh, Labat. Labat blue light. Is that made across the border? Yeah. Is that your beer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's it? That's all you like? Canadian beer and Canadian music. Canadian whiskey or Jack Daniels? Jack you stay Daniels. off of all of it. Jack Daniels. I stay off all of it, but back in the day, Jack Daniels. Canadian music? Oh, yeah. Like who? Chord? Tragically Hip. Who? The Tragically Hip. Did you just say who? Wait, who's the... Yeah, I don't know them. You've never heard of the Tragically Hip? Not in my life. All the time you've spent in Canada, you've never heard of the... Tra- Not one. That's disappointing. I've wow. heard of the Poutine... Wow, well, yeah, poutine. Poutine's big here. I'm going to go on record of saying this, and I hope that I don't piss anybody off because I just found out today that we might get to go back next year without the vaccination. They're dropping the mandate September 30th in ten nine days. There's no place in the world with worse food than Canada. <laughs> I hope that people don't get mad at me saying that, but I don't know what they're known for except gravy on fries. Poutine. I've never had local flair in Canada that I went, wow. Yeah. That was awesome. I went to two cafes mm-hmm. two days in a row to try an egg. I just wanted a f- some fried eggs. I, I can't eat. Sh- it's like the liver last night. I, go, I ain't eating it. I can't do it. I, so when I go up there, I, I freaking go shopping mm-hmm. and I do all the cooking. And I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying Canada. I'm not saying you can't go to Montreal or Toronto and find a good sushi bar that's been Americanized. Right. But I'm telling you, dude, for the, for the most part in Canada, I've never found good food. Yeah. Well, it was a British holding. So and there's no good food over something. there either. Right. That's my point. It's a British holding. How do we end this? By saying thank you, obviously. Um, I might edit that part out. I just said about Canada. I don't want to go back up there and get hammered. I, I wouldn't edit right that Right there out. at the freaking boat Leave it right in there. You agree with me? You agree with me? I do. Doug's, we're coming. The right wing sauce, Joel Clayfish's baby. We're coming tonight. Thank you to Nick, his entire crew. They're Everybody's awesome. Everybody's unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, what was Jack telling me today? He says you owe him two bottles of Powerade. Jack, is he in here? No, he's not in here. Okay, he had a bone to pick with you. Really? Yeah, he was upset. About what? He said that your kid came and drank both of his bottles of Powerade last night. Oh, he all oh, here? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the Powerade I had this morning, I brought that from my house. I didn't jack that. Jack went to get his Powerade. I'm like, dude, Gannon yeah. drank him. I didn't touch him. Yeah. I threw Gannon right under the Oh, yeah. Dude. He'll do that. I gave him, though. I gave him to Gannon. Did you have fun today? Did you have fun today? Yeah. You going to learn how to call like your dad? Yeah. Do you think you'll follow in your dad's footsteps? In this? Come over here and get on Joel's mic real quick, would you? Then I'll let you all go. You think you'll follow in dad's footsteps at Basswood? Yeah. Is that your goal? Yeah. Or oh, being a cop. Really? Yeah. Or Good both. For, or both. Well, yeah, both. Good for you, buddy. I like it. Are we gonna are we gonna see him anymore? Will he be with us this weekend? He probably got school tomorrow. Did yeah. you have school today? 
You're yes. on record now. What do we call that? Family enrichment activity. I have family enrichment activity. activity. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. All right. That's Nick and Gannon McNamara, the Basswood Lodge, upstate New York. If you want to hunt big honkers, you got to do this in September. It is so worth it. You can land in Ochtenburg. Ogdensburg. Ogdensburg or Syracuse. or Syracuse. It's two hours and 10 minutes from Syracuse, 220. It's 15 minutes from Ogdensburg. And the lodge is awesome. The 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 housing, everything he does is, I guess, amazing when you add on these freaking big Canada geese. And I've seen a lot of Canada geese. I've worked a lot of Canada geese. I've been on some very memorable hunts, but there's something about, and I'm going to end this podcast by saying this. You, you, you're hopefully optimistic all the time, right? You always have hope as a hunter. That's why you go. You said that very clearly the other night, Joel Clayfish. That's why we hunt. But this place gives you that unbelievable sense. It's more than hope. It's almost like you can have the utmost confidence in this place because you're going to see geese and you have a chance of seeing workable migrators that are going to come to dry field because they're only migrating an hour that day. That's freaking awesome. Molt migrators. Molt migrators. Molt migrators. With anticipation. Yes, yes, exactly. That is awesome. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Basswood Lodge. Thank you, guys. You guys check them out at basswoodlodge.com, at Basswood Lodge on Instagram. Fill up this guy's inbox with personal messages. Fill him up. Say you want to come hunting with him. Mm-hmm. He's got it going on up here. Check out this song right now. This episode of the Foul Life Podcast, we got to give credit where credit's due. I love those blinds. Today is brought to you by Avery Outdoors. The original. 1994 Avery was found in Memphis, Tennessee, we're very proud of Avery Outdoors and for it to be part of banded brands and part of our family brands. Now it's amazing. We never stop innovating. Our designers are unreal. And this sweet blind is the ticket. It's legit. It's built tough. The dog doors, the windows, the hide, the way that Nick's guys grasped them up there. I looked at it many times today when I was out running the dog, I'd look back. I was like, Oh yeah, they ain't seeing anything in here. Molt migrators in an Avery Sweet Blind, AveryOutdoors.com, at Avery Outdoors or Avery Greenhead Gear on Instagram. Check them out. They're the originator of a ton of things, including the floating gun case, the floating blind bag. Get Avery Outdoors on your next hunt. Thank you, Avery. Thank you, Bannon, for being partners and presenting sponsors of this episode of the Fat Life Podcast, brought to you straight out of the Basswood Lodge, upstate New York. I'm Chad Belding for Nick and Gannon and Joel Clayfish. Thank you all for listening. This is 2AM Logic. The song is called My Fat Life. It's the rising of the sun It's the fire in the air Anticipation rising my mind